Amen. Well, it's good to see all your faces here this morning. There's no better place than to be in church on the last Sunday of the year. Amen? Amen. Amen. So does everybody have a handout? If you don't have a handout, raise your hand. Uh, Gregory will get one to you this morning. And I think everybody has a handout. Great. Great. So... Pastor Anna and I, we are so proud of our church. And just real quickly, I just want to recap. Um, I am proud of you, of our journey together as a pastor here. Anna is very proud of you together. We, we labor together, amen? None of us is just by ourselves. We do this, number one, for God, amen? Every Sunday that we're here setting up, every Sunday that we clean up, Every Sunday or Wednesday, small groups, Tuesdays, whatever we do, we do it together unto the Lord. Amen? So, again, we're proud of our church here today to see the faces, to see the growth in all of you. And I'm talking spiritual growth, okay? All right? And, and together again, looking forward to 2016. That would be great. Uh, I'm looking forward to it just like you are. But... Uh, we have much to thank God for. But God's not done with us yet, is He? No, no. He's not done with us by any measure. And the great thing is that we can put our trust in Him, just as the song Ocean speaks on trusting God. We can put our trust in Him. No matter how blessed we were, or maybe you weren't blessed this past year. Maybe you struggled with some things, you know, finances, illnesses, relationships. There's things that we go through. But aren't you happy or uh, can be glad that we're going through them? We're not just stuck there. Can I get an amen? amen. We're going through them. And God is going with you, through that with you. Right. He doesn't leave us nor forsake us. How many are glad that God is still on the throne and has a plan and purpose for each of you? Amen? He does. He has a plan and a purpose for you of new blessings this coming year. Each of you should be excited just like we are to see what God has in store for you this year. Amen? Now, the Bible tells us that He sticks closer than a brother. Amen? He's, he's right there with you. When you're at your deep, darkest, loneliest moment, don't ever forget this. Jesus is right there with you. Amen? And so, again... Um, what am I missing? Thank you. Thank you. Is that better? Oh, what did you leave behind in 2015? That's what I was blocking. Thank you. Thank you, Elizabeth. Sometimes I get going and I totally am oblivious to what is going on around me. But again, um, I, w I just want to thank God for what He's done, what He's doing, and what He's going to continue to do this year. It's exciting. And, you know, it just reminds me that He doesn't leave us nor forsake us. And I say that to say this, that how many, how many heard about the Miss Universe pageant? Just, I mean, I think everybody heard about it, right? The unfortunate news that occurred or that happened. The host accidentally announced the second place winner or second place contestant as the winner. And the actual winner you know, didn't know what was going on, standing there watching the second place contestant being crowned with a crown. And, you know, they're doing the whole thing, giving her a, a hand clap and standing ovation, the camera zooming in on her. I saw this on, on the news later, right? I don't watch the Miss Universe co contest, but I saw this on the news. And all of a sudden the host recognized, wait a minute, 
I made a grave mistake. And he had to announce, wait a minute, there's been a mistake. The actual winner is... And then he had to crown Miss Philippines, right? That's here for the Philippines, all right. Philippines in the house, all right. But she was then, the, the crown was removed from the second place winner. It was taken off of her head and then placed on the head of the winner. I can't imagine what that contestant must have been feeling at that moment, right? To have something for a split second and then for it to be taken away. Anybody ever been there where you've had something and then it's taken away from you? You know, I'm glad that God isn't like that. See, God, when He gives you something, He never takes it away. In fact, the Bible says His gifts are irrevocable. He can't take them away. Once He's gifted you with something, it's yours. It's yours. Now, we can walk away from it if we choose. We can ignore it. We can leave it alone and not touch it. But He'll never take it back. God blesses us, amen? Amen. He's still on the throne, and uh, He will never leave us nor forsake us. And I'm thankful for that this morning, uh, that no matter what challenge you and I face, He is with us every step of the way. Amen. So again, I'm glad my Savior doesn't treat me that way. I'm glad He doesn't leave me hanging like that. Going like, what? What just happened? You know, that person was shocked. And life can throw shocking things at you. Life, Life can throw disappointments at you. But God will never leave you nor forsake you. Amen? Now, what I want to talk to you about this morning... The message is, what did you leave behind in 2015? How to leave a spiritual heritage this morning. All of us are going to leave something behind. This year, as you reflect, you know, and I asked you the connection question this morning, what was something you were proud of that you did this past year? You know, and there's things that we we should be proud of that we've done in the past year. Whether you're retired or not, whether you're 92 or 12. It doesn't matter. There are things you should be proud of. And God wants you and has gifted you to accomplish things in this world. And so as we look forward to this year and look back, we also look back at at how fast this year went and the things we did together as a church, maybe things you did as a a personal uh, enrichment uh, in your life that you can reflect on and see, yeah, I've had growth or I've advanced in my career or, or, or this or that. And God has left you or been with you every step of the way. Amen? So, this morning, I want to remind us of something very important. It's called an inheritance or legacy. An inheritance or legacy. And really, that's what you've all left behind this year, whether you realize it or not. And it's always a good thing to reflect on what we've done. Anybody ever do that? You reflect on goals you've set, at some point, you, you have to measure goals. If you don't ever sit back and measure them, you'll never know how well you did. You'll never know if you ever accomplished them. If you, if you set goals in January, on January 1st, and you don't measure that, you'll never know if you hit them, right? So again, this past year, you left a legacy behind, inheritance behind, whether you realize that or not, for the good or the bad. Now the word inheritance, I just want to tell you, is usually associated with material possessions. But what I want to talk to you about this morning is spiritual inheritance. Amen? That's even more important. There's nothing more important than spiritual inheritance today. You can't see it, 
you can't measure it, you can't quantify it, but but you can demonstrate it. It's a priceless gift that you can pass on to your children, your grandchildren, to your co-workers, to your family, unbelievers. They can see the spiritual legacy that you are leaving behind. Amen? Now, death and money can't buy it, or, or money can't buy it. Death can't take it away. And I'm talking about this spiritual inheritance, spiritual legacy. See, You see, from the moment a child is born they are going to receive something spiritually. They're either going to fill up a bank account spiritually, or it's not going to be filled spiritually. You're going to fill it with something. And it's up to us as parents, as grandparents, as just friends, to fill our spiritual bank account and fill others. Amen? Because you have been entrusted in this church to speak into the lives of each other. It's not just Pastor Rick or Pastor Anna, it's all of you ministering to each other, filling and, and, and encouraging and blessing your neighbor. Amen? So again, what I want to talk to you about this morning is this spiritual heritage. And there's a great example in the book of Second Timothy. And while you're looking for Second Timothy chapter 1, the Apostle Timothy is a great example of this. He had a grandmother and a mother that were praying for him constantly. That He, he was raised up in this. And uh, the Bible talks about that here. He was blessed with a spiritual treasure, a, a heritage, a legacy. When, his, when he was young, his mother and grandmother shared their faith and knowledge of scriptures with him. So naturally, he grew up having that as an inheritance, as a legacy. He had a foundation to stand on. Amen? How many parents here, grandparents, want to do the same for your children, for the children in the church? They may not be your children or grandchildren, but you want to pass something on to them. You have my blessing. You have my permission to do that. Amen? Pass on. Instill those values into them. Tell them, hey, I just want to tell you, I'm encouraged by your spirit, Nigel. I'm encouraged by your spirit, Chris. Whoever that child is that comes here, you as an adult speak volumes when you speak into a young person's life like that. They never, ever forget that, just like Timothy here. So if you have your Bibles, I want to read from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. Amen. Let's, uh, let's stand for the reading of, of the Word right now. If you have that, go ahead and let's stand this morning. It's only seven verses. We can endure that, can't we? All right. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of life in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father in Christ Jesus our Lord. Verse 3, I thank God whom I serve with a clear conscience the way my forefathers did, as I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day, longing to see you even as I recall your tears, so that I may be filled with joy, for I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am sure that it is in you as well. For this reason I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love 
and of discipline. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, again, we thank you for your precious word this morning. Lord, again, what a joy it is to be here on the last Sunday of the year, giving you thanks, thanking you, Lord, for your word, thanking you, Lord, for the blessings, the encouragement you have given us this year. Now I pray your blessing upon your word. May we open our hearts right now to receive it, and that, Lord, that I may be able to speak it with boldness and anointing. And I pray that in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Amen. Again, it's great to, to be here. And what a great thing that, that uh, Timothy had. Here he had a foundation, a foundation that he clearly was able to express growing up to others. All of his acquaintances, as he was a young man, were able to know about Timothy and what he had been taught. And I just, I think back, you know, and we all have families now, good or bad. We all had something that was given to us from our families. And, you know, not everybody has a, has a good family upbringing. I understand that. I get that. But you can change that. How many know that? Yeah. You can snap that chain. And, and it's up to you if you've never had that, what I'm talking about. You know, I thank God for my parents here today. And I always want to recognize them when they're here. And I thank you, uh, Mama and Papa, for raising us up right. You, you showed us and instilled in us great values and, and morals. Now, again, as I pointed out, we all can walk away from that and, and do silly things, right? You know, but that's enough about Reuben. You know, he's not here today. That was me, actually. That was me. And, but it's not your fault. You instilled in us and the direction you wanted us to live in. And, and I thank you for that. And as parents here today and as grandparents and as friends and family, we all have that legacy that we can leave behind, that spiritual inheritance. And I know my kids have never known anything other than a praying grandmother and grandfather. They know no different. And that's a wonderful, wonderful thing to have. And they know that their dad is, is a pastor and has been in the church all his life. They know no different. Now, for some of you that are, have just come on as believers, thank God for that. Amen? You've broken the cycle. You're changing something up. And, and it's important that we do that and recognize that we, we do have to make changes at times in our lives because God wants your family to be blessed and have favor in your life. But you can't have that if you continue to do the same thing year after year and expect different results. That's not how it works. That's what? Insanity. Amen? So we need to break it up and, and do something different. And that's what um, Lois and Eunice Timothy's grandmother and mother did. They began to speak into his life. He had a firm foundation of God in his life. Let me read for you, uh, to you a few other examples from the Word of God. In 2 Timothy as well, chapter 3, there's two verses. Verses 14 and 15. Verses 14 and 15 of chapter 3 says this, You, however, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. What a privilege to just grow up and, and know that. Um, you know, I'm not going to sugarcoat that and tell you that every PK, preacher's kid, pastor's kid, that grows up hearing the gospel is going to walk the straight and narrow. That, that just is not reality. Sometimes 
they they steer off or go off the 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 road the path and that happens in our lives but as a parent as a grandparent your job is to teach them how and the direction they should go in amen now it's up to us that receive it to obey and walk that path. And as your, as your pastor here, I'm always going to tell you the truth. I'm going to preach to you the direction God wants you to walk in. And it's up to you to receive that and walk in obedience. How many can say amen? Amen. amen? Let me give you another scripture in chapter, or in Luke, in the New Testament, chapter 6, verse 38. This is Dr. Luke. He said this, he said, Give and it will be given to you. They will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. For by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you in return. In other words, what he's saying is, how you give, it will be given back to you. I'm talking about your time, your talents, and your treasures. How you give those will be given back to you. If you give much, you will receive much. Much will be given back to you. If you give little... Very little will be given back to you in terms of your time, talents, and treasures from, from others, corporately, from, from God. How many know that? That when you pour yourself and, and, and just immerse yourself into God's presence, God just pours amazingly into your life. If you're only stepping in halfway, if you're only waiting in the pool... You're not receiving the whole benefit of, of, of that pool, of what that pool has to offer. But if you go in and immerse yourself completely, you're going to get the whole benefit. I want the whole benefit. How many want the whole benefit today? Amen? Amen. Sorry, Mama. My mom doesn't like swimming pools. She, she, gets, she gets in the swimming pool, up, water up to her knees. She's always, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I just know my mom, okay? I just, I just thought of that right now. I get that way too now that I get um, more mature. Okay. <laughs> components of a spiritual heritage. How many know that we have to have or follow components to have a spiritual heritage in our life? And they're on your outline, but these are spiritual treasures that you can leave your children, your family, your loved ones, your co workers, even with these spiritual components or spiritual treasures and you can instill them in other people's lives. Did you know that? You have power to do that. Now I want to share a few in the next few moments on how to do that. Passing on a spiritual heritage to those around you. Number one, it's a desire to follow Jesus. That is the number one prayer of any pastor. You ask them, what would be a spiritual component? It's that one right there. A desire to follow Jesus. Because I know this to be true. Not everybody has a desire to follow Jesus. You know why I know that's true? Because there's empty seats right next to you. There's an empty seat next to you. You know, we, we're, we're, we're pretty, we got a good crowd in here. But yet there's more chairs, there's tables. We could fill this whole place out. And in every church today, there's an empty seat somewhere. So we need to have a desire to follow Jesus. Now, you can't pass on salvation. None of you can, can be saved for somebody else. None of you can. You can't save your child. You can't save your grandmother. You can't save your mother, your father. We know that. Everybody is accountable for their own walk. What are the words that the Lord's going to tell us if you've been faithful and true when He greets you at heaven? What, what are the words? 
Well, well done, my good and faithful servant. Those are the words that I long for. Not, well done, my good and faithful pastor. No, not, well done, my good and faithful treasurer of the church, or usher, or um, the one that gave the most tithes and offering, or the one that gave the most of his time and talents. He's going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. And it all starts with a desire to follow Jesus, a desire to be in the house of God. Just be careful, people, and I'll tell you this right now, when your desire starts to slip away, when you say, I don't know if I want to go to church, I don't know if I want to be in, in, in Bible study tonight on Wednesdays, when you start to get to that place, be careful, that desire is now leaving you. Now you are there, and the devil will snatch you right up. The devil will, will overcome you, because you have to stay strong with a desire to follow Jesus. How many know that? Amen. Amen? Take advantage of every opportunity to share Christ with others. Every time we go shopping, every time you know all our families in the car is in the van, they always tell me, oh, there goes Pastor Rick again, because I'll always use an illustration of something. Well, see that? That reminds me of Luke chapter, you know, and I'll, and I'll tell that to the girls, and they'll listen, but they know I'm always going to do that. Why? Because God gives us those opportunities. You know, this past, this holiday season, we've all seen those beggars and homeless people. What a great opportunity to share and still pass on a a spiritual heritage to your kids, to your grandkids, right? That's a great opportunity. Now, if God speaks to you and tells you, you need to go back to Burger King and buy them a meal, then go back to Burger King and give them a meal. Don't give them money, just, just feed them. Most of them say hungry, homeless, need a tent. Go ahead and get them a tent. Get them something. And show that and share that with your family. What a great teaching lesson that is. Amen? Amen. Their interest in Christ comes from learning and watching what you do. It's not the words. Now, all the words that I speak are really worthless if I don't back it up with actions. And I, and I believe I've backed it up with actions when I speak to them. So we can speak all we want, but if our actions aren't there, they're worthless. So as parents, grandparents, as church members, our kids watch us. Our actions speak much louder than our words will ever do. Number two, here's another one, a reverence for God's word that is so important. You must have a reverence for God's word. The number one best-selling book every single year is what? The Holy Bible. The Holy Bible. How many times have atheists tried to ruin it, dispatch with it, get rid of it, but it still remains the number one bestseller every single year. Amen? Amen. A reverence for God's Word. No other book in the world can match the Bible. No other book. It's the most important message ever given to mankind. That's not by accident that it's the number one bestseller every year. Not by accident at all. If you want your children to respect the Word of God and live obediently, you have to make it a priority in your own life. They have to see you reading it, or at least listening to it. If they never see you reading it or listening to it, why should they make it a priority? Just because Pastor Rick said it? No. It starts with all of us. All of us. So again, I'm just here to remind you, how can we leave that spiritual heritage to our children, our grandchildren, our co-workers even? 
Do they see you reading the, the Word? Do they see you listening to uh, you know, a message on your, uh, on your iPod or iPad or whatever? That's the way to speak to them. It's your actions again. Children will respect that. Make your passion for this book, the Holy Bible, obvious to your children. Make it obvious. Take the time when you have your Bible, you know, to to share with them. I'm going to go read my Bible. I'm going to go listen to the Bible. I'm going to go study right now. Make it obvious to them. And also... This will establish a pattern in your life. Once, once you do that, you know the, the, the habits I always try to make or declare here of reading God's Word and, uh, and praying and, uh, and giving of your time, talents, and treasures. Once you establish those patterns, it's so much easier for your children and grandchildren to pick that up, isn't it? And once they see that, they'll incorporate those things in their life much easier than if they never see you doing it. And you ask them, go read your Bible. Well, number one, did you buy them one? Did, have you gotten your kids a Bible? Do they have one? Um, have you hooked it up electronically on the Internet? We can get everything on the Internet for free. You can have a Bible on your app, on your phone today for free. So really, we have no reason not to be able to read the Bible on a daily basis. One of the things that's most important about God's Word is this. What I've told my family, what I've tried to teach them is an understanding of how to listen to the Lord. How to listen to the Lord. You see, when you pray for things, God sometimes doesn't answer us immediately. How many have noticed that? Amen? How many have noticed God sometimes takes His time? He's on God time, right? We're on me time. I want it today. I want it yesterday. But... What the most important thing to do is how to listen. We listen by waiting on God. Waiting on God. And then when He does speak to you after days, maybe weeks, maybe even months, maybe even longer. But God wants to challenge you to wait on Him. You know, one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible, Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 31 says, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, right? God wants to encourage you to wait upon Him. See, we live in this fast microwave generation. We want the answer yesterday, right? We want everything yesterday. God wants to encourage you and develop a spiritual legacy in you, inheritance, but it, it comes by waiting, waiting on Him, trusting in Him. And when your children see that, you know, and I want to encourage you as parents, Ask your children, well, let's, let's wait on God now. After we've prayed about this, now let's wait on God. And then you and I, we're going to get together. When you feel that God is speaking to you the answer to this, what a great opportunity. What a great opportunity to be able to encourage someone and, and grow them, right? And leave behind a spiritual inheritance. Don't lose sight of that. You know... Kids follow our examples, again, much more easily than our words. And the best way to, to model this is by being obedient to God's Word. Amen? Again, once again, the goal is to let our children learn from both our successes and failures. So just as God answers your prayer through a successful thing, sometimes when we fail, sometimes when we mess up, how many have messed up? Okay, that's all of you. 
all of you, all of you, including me, when we mess up, we need to be transparent with our children too, with our wives, and say, I really messed up. I, I, I messed this up. And I mean, you know, it goes better with you when you confess right away, right? And, and not only that, but you're instilling in your children a value that, okay, it is good to just confess it when I mess up, not to just pretend I'm Mr. Perfect and I don't mess anything up. That's not real life. Not real life. None of us here are perfect, right? Anybody, anybody perfect here? Raise your hand. Okay, none of you. None of you, including me. Okay, put the hands down. I thought I saw a hand going, no, just kidding. Our goal again is to be transparent with our children. Pass on that legacy, amen? I know as parents we want to protect our children from adult worries and adult anxiety and all that. But how many know that if you trust God, He's going to guide them. He's going to teach them just like He taught you. Didn't He guide you through some perilous times? Didn't you have anxiety sometimes over some silly things? You look back and say, man, that was no big deal. God had that all along. That's what God wants to do with each of you. He wants you to learn how to trust in Him. That's why I love when Bianca plays that song, Oceans. Uh, it just it reminds us of how we need to trust in God. Amen? And, and then one last thing on that. It's, it's through my struggles when I have needed to hear from God, when I've, when I've been at my lowest, that God has picked me up. That, that I've experienced a mountaintop experience. How many have ever been from this low experience of, of depression, and all of a sudden, as you continue to trust in God, all of a sudden God will lift you up on this mountaintop experience. And only by trusting in God can you have that. Only by trusting in God. Amen. God is faithful. Everybody say that with me. God is faithful. So because I have re- repeatedly witnessed how God is faithful to me and us, I've learned to trust Him in my times of, of peril, in my times of, of sorrow, in my times where things aren't going my way. I continue to trust Him because I know what He's done before. Remember the Egyptians, or excuse me, in the, in the Old Testament, the Hebrews, as they uh, left Egypt, how many times did Moses, he had faith, and his people, the Hebrews, would, would fail to believe on the same level as Moses, as, uh, as Moses right? They would, they would say, oh, here we go, you led us into the desert, we're going to die, we're all going to perish. And Moses would have to remind them of all the great things God had done for them, how God had provided for them, how God had made their sandals never to wear out. Food every day, manna from heaven every day, yet they complained, right? Somehow in our human nature, we always have to be reminded of God's goodness. We so lose sight of that so quickly. Let's not lose sight of that, amen? And then number three, as I go through these a little bit quicker, um, number three is a forgiving heart. Now, again, a spiritual heritage, how can you leave that behind? Well, again, your kids, your wife, your spouse, your husband, they have to be able to see that forgiving heart in you. If they can't see that, how are they going to know how to do that if you're not modeling it to them? Now, in order to learn how to forgive, you must first be hurt, right? And who here likes to get hurt? Nobody likes to get hurt. Nobody does. But you have to learn how to get hurt to be able to learn how to forgive. Unfortunately, all of us here will be hurt at some point or another. And I hope I don't offend you. 
But if I do, I need to come to you and ask you to forgive me. And, uh, and I will do that, I promise you. But uh, the, the problem here is that it requires pain on our part. It requires going through some situation before we realize, Lord, I need to ask that person to forgive me. Sometimes you may not have done something, but you need to ask them to forgive you of, of something. Amen? And our children need to witness that. Our co-workers need to witness that at work. If somebody's wronged you, you know, uh, unintentionally, or maybe they think you've wronged them, you need to be the bigger person and say, I need you to forgive me. Even though you may not have done something, you are speaking volumes into that person, speaking spiritual heritage into that person. Amen? Christ holds nothing against us, so we do not have a right to hold anything against anybody. Amen? Let me say that one more time. Christ holds nothing against us, so we do not have a right to hold anything against anybody else. Don't be that person that says, I will never, ever forgive that person. Don't be that person, okay? If you've said that, which many of us may have thought that, many of us may have even said that, but the Lord can forgive you of that, especially when you go to that person and ask them to forgive you of that attitude. Because remember, God forgave you of much, amen? amen. Who, who made you God to not want to forgive somebody else, right? That's really what you're doing. So let's be careful with that. And number four, having an orderly lifestyle. So what do I mean by that? Well, how to demonstrate self-control. You know, the, the past few weeks, month, have been uh, terrible for those on diets, right? On restricted lifestyles of, of food, right? And again, it, it's something that we need to use self-control in, in our eating. The Bible does talk about gluttony, being a glutton, uh, that that's a sin. So we need to be very careful on how we eat. Our finances, including our finances at this time of the year, many of us have gone out and maxed out those credit cards. Hopefully that's nobody here in this church. But be careful with that. Maxing out those credit cards. Maxing out your, your, your physical food intake. You know, running a, a crazy schedule, meaning going to bed at 1.30 at night and getting up at 6 o'clock every morning. You can't do that. You're going to burn out at some point. So you've got to be organized, an orderly lifestyle. And we spoke about that a couple of weeks ago, about the 86,400 seconds. Actually, I spoke that in Napa a couple of weeks ago, and um, about being organized, how each of us have 86,400 seconds every day, but how do you manage that? Because if you don't manage them, they, those seconds, will manage you, every one of you. So let's be better focused this year. Make that a priority for each of you. Let your children, let your family members, let your co-workers see that in you, that you are motivated, that you're orderly, that, that you have it together. Don't be so scattered that they don't know what to expect from you. Amen? Amen. And then number five, 
a servant spirit. I thank God for every one of you here because this church has a servant spirit. Amen. All of you here have a servant spirit. You come to serve here. You come to give of your time, talents, and treasures. I always brag about American Canyon Church everywhere I go because all of you here have that servant spirit. And I love it. And I don't ever want it to change because that's what God expects of us, including your pastor. Amen. We need to make sure our children, again, see that. So we need to model that. And I have no problem here uh, realizing that our children see that every Sunday. Our children see that. Our grandchildren see that. Number six, a generous hand. See, every child is born with, a, with this bent against God. What's, what are the first words they say? Mine. mine. Or one of the first words is mine. Mine. It's a natural expression that all kids have. And we have to be taught how to be generous. Again, I thank every one of you here that are members of this church. You are generous. We are a giving church of our time, our talents, and treasures. Uh, Of our giving, those that gave faithfully this year, you are consistent. And and I look out and I see everybody here that gave. and, And you're consistent in that. And I thank you for that. But again, being generous, your kids will see that as you model that to them. Amen? There's nothing worse, even the Bible talks about this, than having a lazy spirit, right? There's nothing worse than that. Right, Papa? Yes, exactly. My dad's big on that. And he should be. He taught his whole family that Laziness does not exist in the Mendez household. It does not. It's not a characteristic of the Mendez family. And all of us are so opposed to that. My sister Irene, my brother Ruben, my sister Yolanda, all hard-working people and passionate in what we do. And again, that's because of my mom and dad, the values they instilled in us. But that that is the generous hand, a generous hand. Be generous to one another. And um, that's what we need to do in sharing with our, with our children. Amen? And then finally, the last point that I want to talk to you about as far as spiritual heritage is, is a sincere love. Sincere love. You know, how many have ever heard, uh, you know, expressions, oh, I love you, love you, goodbye, love you. You know, and a lot of times, you know, you hear that and how do you love me? We just met, you know, and uh, or maybe it doesn't sound sincere. Um, but make sure that whenever you use that word love, that you do mean it. Okay? Make sure you mean it. Now, God loves you. God sent His only Son because He loved you so much, right? The Bible tells us in 3.16, John 3.16. He sent His only Son. And when you say the word love to your wife, your, your husband, your children, your parents, whoever it is, make sure you mean that and say it with sincerity. Don't say, hey, I love you. Look at them in the eyes. Look at them in the face and tell them, I love you. I love you. And, and mean that. Your children need to see that. How unhealthy would that be if your children never grow up seeing you say that? Or hearing you? Or, or expressing it? You know, in, in, in your lifestyle, in your words. So, it's an important devotion, you know, in terms of our love. How we share that with our family. We need to share that. And they need to see that every day of our lives. So, my question for you this morning is, after you've heard those examples, how can you provide an inheritance to your children? To your grandchildren? Maybe to your family? 
to your friends, your co-workers. Think about that right now. How can you provide a spiritual inheritance? So maybe you didn't do such a good job this year. So let's work on it in 2016 and let's leave behind a spiritual heritage, a legacy that they'll go out and remember, oh, I remember that Wayne. That Wayne, there was something special about him and, or Irene and, and so on. Let them know why it's important for you to leave a spiritual legacy, a spiritual heritage behind. Amen. And in closing this morning, I just want to cover real, three real quick points here. We provide a spiritual inheritance to children and to family members in, in three distinct ways. Number one, we do so by the pattern of our lives. And that's on your outline. We do so by the pattern of our lives. You know, the old uh, expression, birds of, a of a, the same feather flock together. You know, show me your friends, I'll tell you what kind of person you are. Those are all patterns, right? Patterns that we see. Everything in this world is really a pattern when you get down to it. It's filled with patterns. And much the same way with our children. They see a pattern in your life. Your spouse sees a pattern in you. You know, my wife Anna knows me. She knows what to expect every day because we're consistent. We're not like this. We're pretty consistent. So she knows what to ex expect because of that pattern. Let children see that pattern in your lives, that spiritual pattern of prayer, reading God's Word. Amen? Amen. Secondly, we pass on to them the principles that govern our lives. That's why we are responsible for explaining the biblical truths we believe and follow. Read Deuteronomy chapter 6 sometime, the first 20 verses. It does talk about, uh, Hear, O Israel, our Lord is one Lord. And it goes on to teach about how each of you as parents, as, as, as grandparents, should speak the Word of God to your children everywhere you go. At the mall, you know, when you're going Christmas shopping, when you're returning that gift that didn't fit you, when you're going to the store today, wherever you go, use as as an occasion to speak about the things of God. Amen? And then number three, the final point is, we provide a spiritual legacy through the power of our words as we interact daily with our children. As you tackle the task of leaving a spiritual inheritance, ask the Lord for wisdom to help you teach the lesson that will equip those children or those family members to live in a way that is beneficial to them and pleasing to God. Amen? Power of our words. I can't emphasize that enough. There is so much power right here. The Bible talks about this tongue being able to create a, a forest fire, right? With, with just a little spark. With just a little word, it can damage so much. Or it can be used for great blessing, for great inheritance. What a great legacy of, of wisdom you can speak into your children and grandchildren's life. You know, a simple way to do this is by memorizing verses. And this is what I would encourage you to do. Memorize verses. Pass those on. You know, my, my kids know this and my grandkids know this. My favorite verse in the Bible is Proverbs 3 and verse 5 and verse 6. Um, do we have that, Raquel? Do you have that? You can put it back up on the screen. Uh, but it was our scripture verse this morning. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. And in all thy ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. Those two verses are my favorite verses in the entire Bible. Now I have many 
favorite verses, but this is my favorite, favorite verse, okay? And I pass that on to anybody that will listen to me. Because what it's saying is, I'm not going to trust in me. I'm going to trust in the Lord. And by trusting in Him, I know that I'm good. I can't go wrong when I put all my trust in Him. So if you begin to do that, if you're not doing that already... Pick a verse in the Bible that speaks to you. See, that verse may speak to me, but there will be another verse that will speak to you. Look in the Bible, read the Word of God, and then share that with your family members. Share that with your co-worker even. God has filled His Word with so many ways, so many areas of our life of, of words of wisdom to speak into us at that particular time. Amen? Whether it's, you, you want wisdom? There's scriptures for wisdom. You want to know how to love better? Because you're so cold and hard and callous? There's gazillion scriptures on how to speak a love language, how to speak better to your loved ones. You want to know how to get rid of bitterness? The Bible is filled with scripture after scripture for whatever your need is today. So I want you to know that God wants you to leave a spiritual heritage and legacy. Let's all work on that together this year in 2016. Everybody say, 2016? Can't believe it, can you? I can't either. But it's, it's coming real quick. And uh, like a freight train, amen. And, and you got to be careful because it's going to pass you by before you know it. We're going to be looking at 2017. So take this today. Begin to pass that on and instill that in your children and grandchildren, your co-workers, while there's still time. Amen? God put each of you in a sphere of influence that only you can reach. Only you can reach certain individuals. Pastor Rick can't. Wayne and Irene can't. Brother Ed and Betty can't. Sister Betty can't. But each of you have your own sphere of influence. You can touch people like nobody else can. Begin to leave behind this legacy, this spiritual inheritance to them. And they in turn will capture that. And it starts with number one, having a desire for Jesus. Amen? Got to have a desire for Jesus. Let's bow our heads this morning. Father God, we thank you this morning. Lord, you are so good to us. We thank you for 2015, Lord. Lord, for a spiritual heritage, Lord. And Lord, as we close out this year, Lord, we're reminded of all those things that, yes, Lord, at times there may have been a struggle this year, whether illness. There are many things that can cause struggles, Lord, and trials. But Father, through it all, you were with us. You never left us nor forsook us, Lord. You walked with us every single step of the way. And Lord, today, we want to just thank you for that. We want 2016 to even be better, Lord. We want to walk with you. We want that desire to walk with you, just to grow more and more. Lord, that every person here, every life would be blessed with your favor and blessings for their children, grandchildren. Lord, I pray that today, Lord, that you would be a blessing to each one, that we in turn, Lord, would be able to pass on that spiritual inheritance and legacy, Lord, to our family members. So I pray that, Lord, today, 
in the name of Jesus. Church, receive that today. Receive that word. God wants you to leave behind a spiritual heritage and legacy that when you're no longer here on this earth and in eternity, they can say, that person, that man, that woman walked with God. That they can truly say that about you. Lord, I pray right now, help us to have that desire, that the desire would just overflow in each of our hearts. For those that are here today, those that couldn't be with us today, that are missing in church, I pray, Lord, instill that desire in their heart today. Lord, that they would go on to bigger and greater things in you, Lord, this coming year. Father, we thank you again for all you've done, all you're doing, and all you're going to continue to do this year. And we lift you up right now in Jesus' name. Amen, amen.